Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dafa Shavua as we study Meseches Chagiga Daf Yud Beis. We're right now in the middle of four blot of Gemara that are very hard to understand uh, on a surface level. In fact, the somewhat of the irony of this Gemara is that the Mishnah tells us that we learned last time that we're not supposed to be Dorish, Meisiberatius, which is what's going on in the beginning of uh, Sefer Beratius. Of course, with many of its Kabbalistic applications, we're allowed to study the Parsha, of course, and Meisim Merkava that ties into the chariots in Sefer Yecheskel. And then the Gemara does go into details. Now, clearly, as I told some of you on Shabbos, the Gemara is not violating its own principle by having this expanded discussion. I would explain it in a couple of ways. First of all, what we're learning over here is clearly what can be learned. And even if there are some issues over here that maybe go into the Maisa Merkava, Maisa over the line, then it's a question of how much detail we go into it. And going back to the Mishnah, if it's being taught properly, how many people are in the crowd, um, so I personally am not qualified to go deep into Maisa Beratius and Maisa Merkava. What I want to do, especially because this is a halacha l'masa shir, is to draw out some of the halachas that we could find in the Sagarata. You always could find halachas in the Gadata, even if the Ein Mishpah, Ner Mitzvah, which references the halachas, are silent. Here it's virtually silent, though we do have something from it, and some of the Hashkafic messages. I'll just begin with a Hashkafic message, and then we will shift to cover uh, two halachic issues, beautiful halachic issues. The Gemara talks about what was created together with the matter of the world, the physical matter. The Gemara talks about certain spiritual assets, intellectual uh, potential, chachma, as far as the intellectual, that the world was created not just with the chachma of Hashem, but with human beings able to express chachma in different ways. There's a lot to say about that. We happen to just read, when we're recording this year, Parshas Bo, this past Shabbos, where you have the Dalad Banim, we have the Chacham. But I wanted to focus just very briefly on something else that's mentioned that was already a challenge from the beginning of time. And you could actually turn this into the narrative of Adam, Chava, Cain, and Heva. That the world was created, as the Gemara says, both with the potential, which means that it's out there, of Koach and Gevura. Koach being what Rabbi Soloveitchik calls in a beautiful piece called catharsis, brute force. You know, how much could you lift? How many uh, pounds does a person weigh? And then there's the much more challenging, but also heroic aspect, which is Gevura. Ezehu Gibor Hakovesh Esitzro. Sometimes one person could be physically not so strong, but spiritually, internally, could have tremendous force. 
This is most common in the areas of Ben Adam Lachavero as far as showing restraint. The, the Rav in this piece, Catharsis, applies it even to Yaakov Avinu, how Yaakov was able to use not only Koach in dealing with the Sar of Esav, but the Gevura of knowing when to hold back. Hashem in Parshas Bo tells the Jewish people to stay inside <clears throat> their homes and not to go out during Makas Bechorus. And Rabbi Soloveitchik explains beautifully, you could find this in Festivals of Freedom. It's also found in the, at the end of Rav Shechter's Nefesh Harav. You also could find this in the Chumash of Rabbi Soloveitchik, that Hashem did not want the Jewish people from the outset to use their physical force. Aside from the question of would they take the law into their own hands? Obviously, there are times we have to defend ourselves and we have to be active and not passive as the Jews were commanded to be in so many aspects of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, taking the set, taking the booty from the Egyptians. But the outset of Jewish history, the night where Hashem was telling the Jews to sit it out and to use their gevura to stay inside and be involved in mitzvahs. In fact, the Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah says that at first what the Jews were involved in that night was davening, in addition to doing mitzvahs. So this is just an application that you find. This has been the challenge from the beginning of creation, Ad Hayom Hazeh, knowing when to use one's koach, and then when to use the great asset of Gevurah. For the second part of the year, I want to focus on a halachalamasa issue that we would say incidentally comes up on Omen Beis, especially because we are about to read Parshas B'Shalach, and we're in the month of Shvat, close to Tu B'Shvat. You'll see the connection. We have in this coming Parsha the story, the narrative about the man, where Hashem says, The Gemara here talks about that up in the Rakia, there is the grinding of the man for tzaddikim. What exactly this means, I'm not sure. It definitely means it's a great thing. We do have the Gemara in Yoma that says that Bizman Beis Hamikdash or Bizman Mashiach with the Lev Yasan, there will be Man. We assume that's the Man that's preserved from earlier times. And amazingly, the Sephorno, who's not a halachist, but the Sephorno makes a halachic statement. You find this in Perik Tezayin, Pasuch of Zayin, when we see that there was a violation of Shabbos, at least the way he understands it, by those that went out to collect man on Shabbos, the Sephorno says, The question is what type of Chil Shabbos was, and he goes on to say that it was a form, he calls it Talash, which is we also know as the Malacha of Kotzer, taking something from the ground. Now this generates an amazing question because is the man from the ground or is the man from heaven? And I'm not going to answer that question right now, but this is actually a shaila going back to the times of Rishonim. I'm going to go to the Achronim, who, two Achronim who present phenomenal discussions on this topic relating to the question of what bracha 
do we make on man? And the reason why I'm explaining it is not that halach lamaisa it's so relevant, although maybe it's good preparation for the sudas laviyasan, so it could be a, a sign of emuna. But it's a good general discussion relating to hilchos brachos. You know, as we pointed out in the last year, that we don't just randomly say a bracha shakol on something that we have a doubt of. There has to be a real reason to say a bracha shakol after asking from a chacham. Maybe it's just something where there's a suffix of a bracha. We also have a special category that's called pasababa kinsin. When we have, and this is discussed in one of the places in the Shulchan Aruch Archaim, where you have something that is the form of bread. It was uh, bread-like material and batter. And the general assumption is that it's not a wafer. And if you were kovea a su'uda on it, then you wouldn't only say a bracha rishana, but you'd have to say hamotzi lechem. You'd have to say afterwards. If not, you would say So without going through all the halachas, you do find discussions about, okay, maybe it's pas haba you'd say hamotzi lechem if you're going to be kovea and berchas hamazon, and does man fit into this discussion? So this becomes an opportunity to discuss the brachas, especially if, if man was in wafer form, then on one hand, you don't have pasababakinson, but on the other hand, you are being kovea seuda on something that is bread like form. But how can you say that something is bread if it's coming minashamayim? So, mun becomes an opportunity to discuss many of these halachas. There's a tshuva of the Ben Ishchai. His tshuvas are called the Torah Lishma. This is from the great Rabbi Yosef Chaim Ben Eliyahu who was in uh, Baghdad in the 19th century, very important work for Svarim, for Ashkenazim as well, to learn. And he asked this question at the beginning of the tshuva. It's in the middle of a number of tshuvos dealing with issues of Hilchos Brachos. And he asked the question, Hayim Baruch Yisrael al Haman Keshachluhu. Now the reason why this question is not such a radical question is because the Gemara teaches us in Mesechus Brachos and this is something halach lamasa every day or every time that we have a seuda is a gemara memches and beis is that Moshe tikein lahem Yisrael birchas hazon. That's the first chapter, the first paragraph of birchas hamazon, and it was established this week's parsha. He neimamtir lachem and So in this fascinating discussion, the Torah lishma goes through the history of different opinions of what bracha was said on man, assuming that a bracha was said. He brings down a possibility that a bracha was not said. And this goes back to our discussion last week of could you be nene, something from this world, without saying a bracha? That would be a violation. Unless you want to say it's from an outer world. But all food is really from the so-called outer world because it's an esmen shemayim. And he concludes his tshuva in an amazing way. And he says in the tshuva that you should say a bracha, and the bracha that he thinks should be said is not hamotzi lecha min haaretz, 
but should be hamotzi lechem min hashemayim to give the recognition to Hashem before eating this food. There are many other opinions that are said about this, and he quotes the Rishonim, he quotes some other Echronim as well. He says at the end that his preference, although I said it should be Hamotzi Lechem and Hashemayim, that was a view of some others. So I just want to fix it up. He says, V'nir Ali, Quoting from the Pasuk and Perik Tezayin of Pasuk Dalit. Now, Ravavadya, you know, just an incredible tshuva, a long tshuva, as typical for Ravavadya Yosef. Has a long discussion over here as well and brings down opinions. What I find so fascinating about the tshuva of Ravavadya is he gets us into a Hilchos Brachos discussion, but in a little bit of a different direction. The Hilchos Brachos discussion that he gets us into is really the question of what Bracha do you say on something that grows from the ground, at least from dirt, but dirt that is in a potted plant, what we call an atzisheinu nakov. So it's, you could have a plant, a pot that has holes going to the ground. And his basic conclusion in this tshuva is peyrosi rakos shagadlu pa'atzisheinu nakov mavarech aleyen kevirchasa. That you would still say the regular bracha, whether it's bari pra'etz or whether it's bari pra'adama. And through this whole discussion, he tries to get into what exactly the definition of man would be. Perhaps the bracha should be shahakol, because this would not be a situation of something coming from the ground, even though, growing from the ground, even though they ended up finding it on the ground. So I just wanted to show you that even a line from Agadi Gemara could have such discussion and ends up generating some very fascinating halachic uh, back and forth with Ravavadya, with earlier in the Torah Lishma. And there are also sources, even the Sefer Hasidim, that get into this discussion. The last part of the shir, we'll get back to one of our favorite topics, which is Talmud Torah. Reish Lakish, after making a number of statements about the Rakia, about Zavul, Ma'on, then makes a statement about Talmud Torah. And this is where I want to focus on Reish Lakish, of course, the great Baal Tshuva, who spent so many of his years involved in Talmud Torah. Amar Reish Lakish, Kola Osik Batara Balayla, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Moshech Alav Chut And I wanted to spend a little bit of time focusing on how this is brought down, la halacha, as well as some of the other statements that Rish Lakish says about the value of studying Torah at night. Shira, along with the Torah, and many other similar statements that we have here, Gemara Avodazar, Gemara Irvin, and many places about the special value of Talmud Torah, Balayla. We, of course, know, and we covered this in an earlier year, 
about the chiyav of learning day and night, Vagisabo, Yama Valaila. We also know, of course, that there's a special minhag one night a year to give special attention to Talmud Torah, which is Shavuos night. You find this discussed in our Chaim Simantuf Tzadi Dalit, and you look at the Nosei Kalim there, about the minhag of learning Shavuos night. Whether it's explained by the Chok Yaakov, based on the famous tradition of Klal Yisrael going to sleep the night before Matan Torah, so therefore we try to make it up. Another reason given by the Yeshua's Yaakov, based on the Gemara in the Pirkei Rebeliezer, as well in Pergmem Aleph, that the Jews accepted openly Torah Shebechtav, but they needed to be forced to take Torah Shebech So therefore, we learned that night Torah Baal But I want to focus on every night. And to summarize what you find in the Rishonim, based on the Gemara, straight down to the Mishnah Bura, I think that there are four basic values that are being promoted of Talmud Torah at night beyond the specific Chiyuv. You find the Rambam discussing the value of Talmud Torah in Hilchas Talmud Torah, Perikimel Halacha Yud In the Shulchan Aruch, you find this in two areas. You find it first of all in Arachayim and Hilchas Kriyashma Tefila Shal Arvis, a special simon Reish Lamet Ches that's called the Lekvoa Itim Latorah Balayla. That in itself should give us what to think about. And you also find it in the Shulchan Aruch in Yeridea Simon Reish Vav, which is where the Halachas of Talmud Torah are found. And if you put together the different shittos, and much of this is actually spelled out in the Mishnah Brura. The Mishnah Brura just does a phenomenal job, obviously everywhere, but I'm pointing out to the halachas of Talmud Torah in Kufnun He, Sif Katan, Dalit, other places as well. You will find four basic values that are being promoted. We don't have time to go through every single shita. So I'm giving you the bottom line, and I'm very happy to supply more sources. This could be a phenomenal share in its own right. One approach, which is discussed actually by the Mishnah Brewer in two locations, based on many others, is that we look at the night as a makeup for what perhaps wasn't done during the day. A person is supposed to be Kovei Yitim Torah. A person ideally should have certain goals as far as what they're interested in, and required to finish learning every single day. Each one of those points are very important, and the sheer in its own right, what are we interested in? We're supposed to learn Mashachaf libo, but there are also certain requirements. The Mishnah Bura talks to Balabatim that it's not enough just to learn Gemara. We have to learn Halacha as well. So the night becomes an opportunity to close the bank. We have certain obligations every day, Reb Chaim Kenievsky today, in his own uh, approach, calls them chovos. You have the prima gadam already discussing that if a person makes a commitment to learn, as one should, there may be an issue of, uh, of being over a neder if one doesn't fulfill it. So every night, one gets to close the deal on what maybe wasn't able to accomplish the rest of the day. The second, which comes across in our Gemara, and many other sources as well, in Perik Gimel of the Rambam of Hilchas Tamatora, 
he sounds he sounds like a, a poet in using many of the makaros to talk about the experiential attachment that is created by learning at night. One could imagine, especially without electricity, without distractions, of the ability after a long day to connect to Hashem at night. The other third value that's associated with Talmud Torah at night, remember, number one, finishing one's obligation. Number two, the experiential, is what you find in Arachayim, brought down, codified in the Shulchan Aruch, but I want to go back to the Rambam in Hilchas Talmud Torah, that it's the greatest time for Chachma. With the least amount of distractions around, this is when a person would be able to focus most on their learning. It's not the same as the experiential, but it obviously has an impact. We have an experiential impact, we have the Chachma impact, and we also have, as we pointed out, the first point, the finishing the obligations of the day. There's also a fourth, which comes from a Pasuk in Tehillim, Parakuflam Adalad Pasuk Aleph. You'll see this quoted by Rishonim and by Achronim and by Poskim. Shir Amalos in Hashem called Avde Hashem, Haomdim Beves Hashem Baleilos. So if you look into the Navi, the Radak and others say, what does it mean, my servants who stand up at night? They say it's referring to tefillah. But if you look into the Medrash on Tehillim, Kuflam we have a Gemara also that says this, that it's talking not about davening, but it's talking about learning. And here what I think is being communicated by Chazal is the effort. The fact is that after a long day, it takes tremendous effort to put into learning. No pain, no gain. And the more struggle, the greater gain. If someone is most nefesh to continue to learn, even when it's hard to stay up, then one is able to accomplish tremendous things. You get special siyat to the for that. And the Mishnah Burah stresses how a person from the negative side shouldn't waste the night away just by sleeping, eating, or drinking. Of course, people have to rest and people have to fill themselves up and be strong for the next day. But within this beautiful Gemara, talking about Maiseberatius, talking about the chariots in Yechezkel, we're also reminded that learning Torah is a way that we have great access to Shemayim, Bezman Hazet, in this time, something that is rational and also something that has such a deep spiritual meaning to it. We should continue to have great learning.